0: Hey guys, you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast. This week's episode is called Faith Works Through Love. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and episode five starts right now. Hey everybody and welcome to the Simple Power Podcast. I'm grateful that you're here and I'm really excited to share what's on my heart today. So let's jump right into it. I've already talked a couple of times about faith in a couple of different episodes and this was not planned, but I don't know, the more I talk about faith, the more I just want to keep talking about faith. So I hope you're hanging in with me because I want to look at faith one more time from a different angle. This week's episode is called Faith Works Through Love. I think that sometimes we have a hard time accepting the fact that God wants to use us, or people like us, to inspire real change. Sometimes we limit ourselves and the moving of the Spirit of God in our lives because we have a hard time wrapping our minds around the fact that God can use people like you and me. You know, that God actually wants to use you to inspire change in the world around you. Wherever you find yourself in life, like if you go to school or you have a job or you're a member of some kind of a club or organization, certainly you belong to some kind of community. You live in some kind of a neighborhood, even if your neighbors are like mine and they live really far away, you most certainly live in a family at least. Whatever your sphere of influence is, wherever you find yourself, God wants to use you in the context of that environment. But here's the thing. He wants to take you beyond what you can fathom in your mind and on your own. He wants to expand your capacity to believe him for the impossible. Like maybe you're listening to this and you can accept the fact that God wants to use you to impact a life or a friend or your children or a stranger on the street. And that is absolutely great. Don't ever give up on that and don't ever lose that. If you don't have compassion for the individual, don't tell me that you're going to be effective with the multitude. I mean, Jesus was often with the multitudes, but he often drew away. And there were many times when he encountered one person. And he didn't push that person away because, hey, I don't have time for you. Can't you see I've got a whole multitude of people waiting for me? No, he took time to speak into the life of that person. And we actually have evidence in scripture that shows us where Jesus would take time to minister to a single person and then that person would go back and impact a region. It's amazing what God will do and how he will work taking our seemingly small efforts. He'll take our simple acts of faith and he'll use them for his purposes. I believe that what God is really looking for is a response, a heart response that says, yes, God. A simple yes in your heart for God will take you, I believe, anywhere you want to go. Now, a lot of times we think that we have a yes, but what we've really got is a yeah, maybe, or we've got a yes, but. Like, yes, Lord, I'll go where you send me, but not there. Or, yes, Lord, I'll talk to anyone you want me to talk to, but not that person. So we actually end up closing ourselves off to blessing that God wants to bring into our lives and blessing that he wants to flow through us to other people. There are people all around you that God wants to impact and he wants to do it through his relationship with you. He's chosen people like you and me, people that are not perfect. Just like he chose fishermen and a tax collector, he chose regular people. He chose people with regular jobs and ordinary lifestyles, people that were not necessarily looked at in the highest regard. Like, Matthew was a tax collector. By and large, the people would have looked at Matthew with disdain. That was not a respected position among the people that Jesus came to serve. I have an insurance business, and I've sold life insurance policies for years, and while I have personally always made it my goal to run my business with integrity, I understand that there is a stigma attached to the insurance industry for the most part nobody wants to deal with the insurance guy because the stigma is that he's shady or he's always trying to sell you something and you know I get that but tax collectors had a reputation for cheating the people plus they were Jews working for the Roman Empire so they were not well respected they looked at Matthew kind of like the way that you you know maybe look at that insurance guy oh man here comes that shady tax collector again you know he was the kind of guy that people tried to Avoid If they saw him walking down the street, they would cross the street and walk the other way. But in spite of all of that, Jesus chose Matthew. Jesus also singled out Zacchaeus and ate with him. Zacchaeus also was a tax collector and Jesus was ridiculed for it. But Jesus chose regular people and he spent time with regular people. People, God chose a man like Gideon to deliver a nation. Gideon who by his own admission was the least in his family. He was like, I'm the weakest of my tribe and I'm the least in my family. He considered himself bottom of the barrel. He didn't have a great image of himself. He didn't think that his life was all that valuable, but God chose him. God chose him when he wasn't trying to be chosen. He didn't want to be chosen. He tried to convince God that God made a mistake in choosing him, but God wanted him and God used him to change the course of a nation. God wants to do things in you and through you that are beyond your comprehension. I want to read to you one simple verse, and this is one of those verses that you can easily just kind of read right over it and not pay attention to it. It's talking about circumcision, and so, you know, for some people, they may think that it doesn't apply to them because of, you know, the context that it's in. This is a really simple verse, and all I'm saying is it can be easy to miss, but it's really, really powerful. It's Galatians 5, 6. It says, For in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. That's our key phrase, faith working through love, or faith works through love. Remember that faith responds to what you believe. Faith is always present. It's always now. It doesn't look into the future for what might happen or what we hope will happen. Faith deals with action. Faith responds. Remember, faith without works is dead. Now, we're not about works or works righteousness or saved by works. We're not about any of that. We are saved by grace, period. But faith, in order for it to be working in our lives, it has to be active. But the working out of faith, according to this verse, happens through love. Faith works through love, or let me say it like this, faith flows through love. Faith reaches its full expression through love. Paul, in First Corinthians 13, goes through this great discourse on love. It's an incredible chapter. You know, love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast, so on and so forth. He comes to the end of that chapter, and in verse I think it's verse 13. He says, these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We can truly boil everything down in our walk with God to love because God is love. God doesn't operate outside of love. I promise you that God has never operated in your life outside of the context of love. It's who he is. Everything he does is for love, because of love, through love. A few weeks back I talked about risk, the willingness to take a risk, to potentially risk making a fool of yourself for the sake of obedience, for the sake of blessing someone else. The risk of, uh, I really think this is what God is saying to me, if I'm wrong then I might look dumb, I might not look like I've got my stuff all together, but I just need to be obedient and respond to what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do, who he's leading me to talk to to take this step of faith, to give this word, to talk to this stranger, to call this person on the phone and just tell them what God put on my heart, whatever. There is a growing process to faith that is okay as long as we do it in the right context. There are safe learning environments. You know, there are certain things that I think you should only prophesy if you're a seasoned prophet. There are certain things that you shouldn't say unless you're absolutely 100% sure that you heard from God. But look, if you're like 90% sure that you heard from God, and it's a word for your friend, for example, and it's not something that's going to like kill them if you're wrong, what's wrong with going up to that friend and saying, hey, this may sound crazy, and if you think I'm wrong, just throw this out the window, but I believe I'm hearing God say this and give the word, and it's either on or it's off. And if it's off, then you don't have to do the religious thing and blame the person for not receiving it. Please don't do that. But what's wrong with saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I must have missed something and then just leave it alone. I feel like we're so afraid to make mistakes because we think we'll lose our credibility. But love, here's the deal. Love is willing to take that risk. Love is willing to step outside of its comfort zone. Look, you know what's not willing to step outside of its comfort zone? Fear. You know what's never willing to go beyond itself for the sake of blessing someone else? Fear. You know what will cause you to keep the gift of God inside of you and never use it because you don't want to not be perfect and you want to wait till everything is perfect and the stars align and you don't want to make a mistake or make a fool of yourself? Fear. That's what fear does. Fear is selfish. Fear is always uh, seeking self-preservation. And if we listen to our fears, we will not flow in faith because fear undermines love love and fear do not coexist perfect love casts out fear so fear and love they don't occupy the same space now look notice that i said if we listen to our fears You can actually be afraid and still see faith flowing in your life. Faith flows when you respond in obedience to what God said. It's when we listen to our fears or when we allow fear to cripple us, to keep us stationary, that we miss out on what God is doing. Look, there have been plenty of times in my life that God spoke to me and I was afraid, but I did it anyway and saw miracles happen. I remember very clearly the first time I stood up in front of a group of people and started calling out words of knowledge. I was terrified, like literally shaking. But at the same time, I was confident enough that God had spoken to me. So I did it anyway because it was worth the risk. And I saw lots of miracles that day. So if we want faith to function in our lives at full capacity, then my thing is we just don't need to be all about, oh man, I just need to increase my faith and trying to find ways to increase my faith because we can become anxious that way and we can burn ourselves out trying to increase our faith. What if we approached it from the other side and said, let me increase my love? Let me increase my love walk with God, the love that I have for God, and the love that I have for others. Because to do that, it's a really simple process that I promise you will never burn you out. You know how you increase your love? You engage with God. Because in life, you become like what you focus on. You become like what you worship. So when you engage with God through worship, you become more like God. And guess what? God is love. Do you want your faith to increase in your life? Then allow your love walk with God to go to the next level. Do you want to have a more vibrant lifestyle of faith? Then sow into your love relationship with God. Faith works through love. There are some things that love will allow you to do or compel you to do. Like love will make you do crazy things. Things that you wouldn't normally do outside of love. I remember back when I was dating my wife, we were maybe six months into our relationship and I went to the store and I bought a bouquet of roses and I got in my car because I wanted to give her flowers. The thing was, she was five hours away from me, but I jumped in my car on a whim and I drove five hours because I wanted to give her flowers because I was thinking about her and because I was in love. Love will make you do things that you wouldn't normally do. Love will make you spend time or money that you wouldn't normally spend because you want to do something nice for someone else. Love will take you outside of what's rational. Love goes beyond itself. Love is not selfish. And there are some people out there that, you know, maybe faith hasn't reached its full expression in your life because you've been selfish either with your time or with a gift that's on the inside of you that you've kept hidden or, or because love hasn't moved you enough to step outside of what's comfortable for you. And I don't mean that as an indictment or as a shameful thing, because actually I would include myself right in that same category. For me, and I think for a lot of people, I don't know. I can get so locked into my own time frame, into my own schedule that I don't really leave any room for God to move. Sometimes distractions are bad, but sometimes they're actually good. Like if you're on your way to work and you stop for coffee and you see someone on your way into the coffee shop and God nudges you and he says, Hey, stop and talk to this person and he starts to tell you just this person's going through hell right now and they need to be reminded that I chose them, that I love them. Now, that was outside of your routine, but that was a good distraction. But if we're too caught up in our own world, in our own problems, whatever, we miss out on those simple everyday opportunities to share the love of Jesus Christ, to step out in faith, to make an impact. I think we're under the impression that these encounters with people have to take a long time. Look, if God is in it, you can have a really meaningful encounter with another person that takes two minutes, five minutes. I've often had this thought, what if, what if we just became so intentional about loving other people that we just started creating extra space in our schedules, like leaving extra room for God to interrupt us? What if we woke up 30 minutes earlier than normal and left for work 30 minutes early just in case God wants to interrupt our morning? I guarantee you that if you did that, you would automatically be more open and more intentional about looking for opportunities for God to use you. And look, if he doesn't, then great. So you get to work a little bit early. What's the big deal? But look, if, if we just take a little bit of time and it's not like, you know, I mean, we could even take something like that and turn it into a religious thing. And that wouldn't necessarily be good. And that was just an example anyway, but what I'm getting at is the principle of developing a life, a lifestyle of looking for opportunities and being intentional about stepping out in faith. What if we actually loved our city and our community enough to just like be early sometimes? And again, that's just something practical that we can do, but so that we can just be intentional about embracing the people around us, loving the people around us. Maybe it's as simple as the next time you're in the supermarket and you see someone who's got something going on, you know, maybe a noticeable back problem or a broken leg or they're in a wheelchair or whatever, and just loving that person enough to be willing to take a risk and be bold and say, "Excuse me, can I pray for you?" Or you know, maybe God just puts something on your heart for somebody and and he just drops something, you know, in in your mind and 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 you believe he's telling you something about somebody in that store and you just go up to that person and you just say, Hey, you know, if you think I'm crazy, just just forget it. Don't worry about it. But I believe that God is saying this and just be willing to take that risk. Take that step of faith and be bold and just see what God will do. I don't know. I hope this is making sense. There are some practical ways and maybe for you it's not the things that I've mentioned, Obviously, there's more to faith than praying for the sick and talking to strangers. I'm using these examples because they're practical, because they're measurable. Like we can check right then to see if it was God or not. And they actually apply to all of us. There's nobody listening to this right now that can't try one of these things that I've mentioned. But my challenge to you would be ask God today to give you one practical thing that you can do to be more intentional about loving the people around you it may be uncomfortable, it may be on the outskirts of what's normal for you, but you know what the really cool thing is? The more you step outside of what's normal and natural for you and just respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit, the more natural it actually becomes. As you fall more in love with Him and the people that He created that are all around you, love will move you to become more bold and to become more and more intentional about stepping out in faith. Well, hey, I hope these short teaching sessions have been helpful to you. If there is anything that you're wondering about that I haven't covered related to operating in the power of God, definitely feel free to write me a comment and let me know. I can't promise that I'll get to it right away, but I will do my best to cover it. And if necessary, maybe even devote a whole episode to it. For now, that will do it for episode five. Tune in over the next couple of weeks because I have a really cool announcement coming soon. Every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern and 5 a.m. Central, I'll be right here. Don't forget to subscribe. Have an awesome week.